him coming to you. It's the, uh, it's the... It's not a diner. No, it's, we're outside. Yeah. We're on the streets of Oakland. It's Friday, March 4th. Yes. Uh, no Man's Sky is out. <laughs> and, uh, it's rust in space. It, yeah. So it actually is out? out? No. no. Oh, okay. But there was that thing that went around where they were putting up a pre-order thing, but it made it seem like it was coming out. Like, it was just, it was just miscommunicated. Pre-orders uh, open today. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm is, like, what? How did I miss this? It's $60. Yeah. Which uh, I don't think is that weird. I don't think it's that weird. It sounds huge. Uh, I'm Anthony Gagos. Joining me is Arthur Geese. Hi. And Matt Shader. Hello. And. And video games. And video games. Uh, so, did you hear about this? Like, did you read any of the coverage that came out of the review stuff they did this week? Yeah, they had people sit down and play like 30 minutes of it. Yep. And it seemed like it was a very controlled experience in the sense that, like, everyone started on the same planet. Yeah. And you, the nearest planet, because you in the game when you first start, you, you don't have a, harp, a hyperdrive. So to get even to the next closest planet, it takes like six minutes of flight time. And so does everybody start on the same planet? Okay. Like, Just this I demo think, did. Yeah, I think the whole likely, like in all likelihood, the way they've always described it is that if you see someone, it will be like a, oh my God, it's a person type moment. Like, because gotcha. it's a huge galaxy. Oh, so it is, I, it is multiplayer? I thought in, in the way so they, the they've described is, it, they've or? described it, they've said the multiplayer will be journey-esque, but they said it will also be very fleeting. Like, it won't be like you'll meet up and continue going around. I right. get the impression... I feel like they've also suggested you will probably never see another person. That's the thing. It's like, yeah. it's like it will be highly unlikely, is what I've gathered. So is there, there's no way to, to be like, my friend is over here, let me jump a bunch of planets till I get to them? No, because he, you, your friend and you, you might not know the planets in between or anything. Right. Plus, the hyperdrive you get, I don't think is ever capable of, like, jumping you super huge gaps. Like, it right. would always be small, incremental... Like, so. Which they, yeah, but, I mean, but, they said all this already. They no, 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 totally. It's not a surprise. Yeah. yeah. The thing that, that, like, I was a little surprised by that other people seemed like they were maybe a little taken aback by was that there's a lot of resource management and resource collection. Uh, and the more that people are talking about it, the more it sounds like rust. I've heard a lot of people say, well, except, the long dark. Except you won't kill each other or right. anything like that. But you're killing, like, literally everything else uh, for resources. And, like, I've heard people talk about the long dark, but, like, the long dark came out after Rust did. And to me, like, all of that shit, yeah. like, very much seems like Minecraft Rusts. Yeah. Like, well, and the long dark, too, is, like, the long dark is, like, a roguelike where you die and, and that's, that's it. it. Yeah, yeah, and you start over. And this, it seems like it's, it is about a continual progression with the ultimate goal of reaching the center of the yeah, universe, but, but whatever what that I, is. But where, what I worry about with the progression in this game, though, is that um, it seems like it's it's very static. We're at a Greek place, in case you couldn't tell. Falafel and lamb. Um, so, what, so what I worry about is that, uh, you know, it's, yeah, it's the however many billions of planets in this galaxy that everybody can go to. Thank you. And you're never going to run into each other. Uh, 
So is the only thing that I can do is go to a planet, get more resources, upgrade a gun, upgrade a ship, go to another planet, get more resources, upgrade a gun, upgrade a ship. Because if that's it, I'm going to get really bored of that really fast because the because the, it's not there's not going to be enough there to keep me motivated if all I'm going to do is, uh, you know, jump from planet to planet until I get to the center of the universe. So I guess you'll meet, like, alien life and there's ways to communicate with them. Yeah, but you have to, like, learn it over time, I think, too, is kind of what I gathered. Like, yeah. Like, the thing I've heard is that it's definitely more about uh, the stories that you'll tell about, like, oh, I encountered these people and then I ended up having, like, hostile relations with them and stuff, and someone else might be like, I went to that same planet. Yeah. And, and the only, like, I guess the permanence they have is, like, uh, like if you kill all the life on a planet, like, you just go and harvest everything. Right. The next person that visits it, it'll be like that for them. Yeah. Um, but, like, you, any terrain deformation and stuff you do apparently doesn't show up for everyone. So it's more just, right. like, planet stats are things that you can affect for everyone. Which makes sense because it would be sort of functionally impossible. Yeah. yeah. I think the only reason people got caught off guard for this $60 price is that when it was very first announced and from Hello Games, these guys that have made a bunch of, like, $15 games, like... Mmm, um, soda. Mmm, falafel. So that game's 60 bucks, but it just seems like the scope of it is so much bigger than anything else these guys have ever even attempted to make. Well... Change of venues. Change of venues. You might have heard the buzzing saws. <laughs> so now we've eaten and now we're in a nightmare world. We're in a park after dark. I'm pretty sure we're breaking the trespassing laws. <laughs> or at least the loitering laws. Yeah, I don't probably know. probably both. I don't know how they could... Uh... I don't think we are because we're not on the lawn bowling field. Yeah, what? Oh, okay. Oh, is that lawn bowling? Yeah, I thought it was, I a, thought dog it was a dog park. park, but it's for lawn bowling exclusively. Wow. <laughs> That's kind of amazing. Club. The Oakland Lawn Bowling Club. Um, so video games. Arthur, you ended up uh, playing more Plants vs. Zombies, but have you played much since then? No, I haven't had a chance, honestly, because I have other shit to do. I've jumped back into Fallout, and I guess I don't want to spoil too much, because I still feel like <laughs> I guess we're in spoiler territory for Fallout. Right. But I'll say that I finally got I like sucked back in that game, and I'm like right on the cusp of... Like, I've hit the top of the roller coaster, and now it's going to just <laughs> like drag out. It's all downhill from there. <laughs> yeah, it, like... it, 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 the decisions have to be made to decide which way I'm going to ride out the tracks. Right. Have you made a save that you're, like, leaving in place? Yeah. So you can see whether or not you fuck up? Yeah, like, I've gotten to the big twist and stuff in the story, and, yeah. you know, and... I don't, but I feel like for me, I don't know about you Wait, guys. If you just got to the quote twist, then you have so much left of that fucking game. Oh really? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. The uh, the, the like, twist I'm, happens. I'm just getting I'm, to. I'm still not. A, I am past the twist part, but then it's later on when they actually make you start choosing between okay, the factions. Okay, because I'm still in the part. Well, so they haven't made me make a choice between the factions, but I feel like it's heading that way because already they're making me do missions where it's like. Well, this seems like it's very obviously against the people that I've been friends with. Yeah, there are ways to navigate it and ways to, like, sort of direct conversation to, to sort of save that from being, like, a deal-breaker at okay. some point. Yeah, because se- I, I got my first mission where it was like, do you want to inform these other people, like, of what you're doing? And I was like, uh, I don't know. So Yeah, shit's complicated. I mean, but I like it. I mean, I, I'm happy that to go back to the point where I feel like I'm finally getting roped back into the story and uh, and feel like I'm 
uh, sorry, I got distracted. I, I just guess I'm, I'm finally reinvested in it, which is nice. But I feel like I, I've been, I've been trying to intentionally do the story missions because I want to finish it, which feels a little bit unfortunate because I've heard that the Nick Valentine stuff side mission is actually worth doing. The Nick Valentine stuff is great, but you can also yeah. take him with you and like just do stuff, do that stuff on your way to other places. Okay, yeah. Yeah. he's the only companion that I've like really invested a ton of time mm. into. I like Piper. <laughs> Yeah, me too. Uh, I, I think I got the loyalty <laughs> thing. Um, I've been trying to do it with all of them. I've, I've, I think it was the last, last episode. Anyway, I already said that like I'm, I'm not playing anymore until the uh, DLC. The, the, until the DLC come, comes out. Like the the robot stuff comes out this month, and that's great. But I'm really waiting for the, uh, the wasteland build expansion one, whatever that one's Is called. Is that this month or next month? That's or? next month. Yeah, that's that's. Oh April. yeah, I forgot your. Yeah, see, I haven't done any base building at this point. I've completely. I completely ignore my bases. Like, I've done a little bit because, like, <laughs> people need a certain amount of, like, room and board to be happy. Well, right. that's all I do. If they're in red and something, I'll get them past the red and then I leave them alone. Right. Like, I'm a very hands-off government. <laughs> um, you know, we don't tax a lot. We just... <laughs> I just well, my, let people live their lives. Well, my problem is, is that it's like, all right, uh, I want to get all of my resources down to or over to this particular settlement, which means I have to create a trade route. And if I create a trade route... I thought route, if you just put it in a workbench, it, it transfers between places. No, you have to have an actual trade route between them before they'll do it. And the trade route is not omnidirectional, it's unidirectional. So if you want it, all your resources to be it available to, to everyone, and it has to go... You have to go in a loop. So... When you establish a trade route, do you have to... Uh, does it actually make, like, a caravan with the... Yep cow things yep and and you, it arms your guy but they i think they become whatever that flag is essential like they can get down but they won't get killed okay and uh yeah I've, I've got enough caravans walking around the wasteland now that i see them getting in fights all the time and it's funny because uh it's just like with uh, your settlers where if you give them like a rocket launcher and one rocket they never run out of ammo and so they just keep firing I don't rockets. Trust, like NPCs <laughs> with explosive weapons. Yeah, anything. Yeah, because I was gonna say at one point I just gave Nick Valentine, my companion, a bunch of grenades to oh, hold well, on to yeah, for me, and all of a sudden he just him. started yeah. using them, and I was like, holy fuck! Yeah, don't trust your companions. But for settlers, it's funny because they can't. It doesn't seem like they can actually kill each other. You can also like assign, like you can tell them what <laughs> weapon to use. Like if you go into the room. Yeah, like, right. I've been doing that. Nick Valentine now uses a flamer. He walks around like the like half destroyed Terminator behind me, slowly burning people to death. So it's amazing. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm a big fan of that. I've still been jumping into that. I also tried Super Hot. I don't know if you guys had a chance. Yeah, to we try talked that. about it last week. Yeah, we did talk about it last week. Yeah, we've we've. Heard... I wasn't here last week. No, you weren't. But I've. What, what are your thoughts on it though? Uh, it's good. Yeah, I mean it's good. <laughs> it's good. It's a puzzle. It is a, like I Jeff Gersman and Giant Bomb described it more as a puzzle game than a sh- yeah. like shooter, which is one hundred percent accurate. Yeah. Like the shooting is so minimal in it. You know, you're just doing it well, as literally. A, yeah, I mean it's literally a means simply to figure out the puzzle. Right. And so, uh, I like if you're like a fan of puzzle games, it's it's just like it is another cool first person puzzler. So the one critique I keep hearing from everybody, including what was said on the show last week is that they just get really tired of hearing super hot. Yeah, I mean, but the thing about that is, like, as soon as it starts to play your replay, you can just skip it. You don't have to listen to that stuff. Yeah. So, for me, it's, it's like, the scenarios that they put you in are just really cool. Like, the first couple, I was like, oh, is it always just going to be, like, 
like a scene out of John Wick, like which is cool. Nope. And it's like yeah, just <laughs> like I'm in a bar and then I'm shooting, but nope. It's like then all of a sudden it'll start off with like a part where you're about to be hit by a car unless you dodge out of the way narrowly and stuff yeah. like that so uh as a brief aside have you seen that john wick video that hell yeah i watched that one today? that was on polygon.com <laughs> it, about, it was about keanu reeves training for john wick 2 yeah and about how like he's, firearms he's basically he's john wick in real life in real life just like tapping with he's, like he's an, an m4 he has like an m4 and then as soon as it runs out of ammo he pulls out his pistol it's like and then he grabs a shotgun and kills like eight people and you're just like and they're like all center mass shots and you're like Wow, and it's all double taps. Yeah, he's like every everyone. He is for real. So is at this he like point. doing massage training or something? <laughs> uh, it's like tactical. Yeah, training. he's like sitting and doing tactical training in Milpitas, California. So <laughs> I mean, the amazing. man is actually turning into a weapon. <laughs> I like that idea. Yep. I like the idea of aliens stealing him, cloning him, and then him coming back and Which attacking us. I mean, I guess it's not that weird because, like, for the Matrix, he got pretty into martial arts and, like, was a pretty believable practitioner. Yeah. In the of those movies. He's yeah. a guy, too. I can't... I don't know. Is he 50? Yeah. I think yeah, so. something like that, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. 50 is the new 40. Uh, is like, Thank 30. Thank God, because I just turned 40. Because he's, like, he's so young. Um, <laughs> he looks so young. For some so people, young. 40 is the new 60, though. Yeah, no, it's Yeah, true. I think I'm more on that end of the spectrum. Um, so, Where, yeah. like, everything hurts when I wake up, and yeah. I can't seem to get anything done after about 8 o'clock at night. You I know. go to the bathroom all the time. Yeah. I've been playing pretty a, much it. a lot of Super Hot, playing a little bit more to Heroes of the Storm. Yeah. Mostly because I want to play Dota, but don't have the time. I've been <laughs> like, mostly watching Dota for the last couple of weeks. Yeah, the international... Wait, the... the Shanghai, Shanghai Major. Major mm-hmm. Which has which, been a total clusterfuck. Production-wise. Production, oh, production-wise? Yeah. It's uh, been a disaster. I, I don't even know much about it other than I've heard people talking about how it's like a fucking disaster. Um, so last week... I know someone uh, was removed yeah, from last being week, commentary. Matt was watching uh, with me as it started. Yeah. And it, it was bad right away. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was like, terrible. And it started with the host, who's uh, James Too Good Harding. Uh, and it started with him complaining about how he couldn't get pornography in his hotel room because there's no porn allowed in China. <laughs> like, which is a stupid fucking thing to joke about a broadcast for a tournament with a $3 million prize pool. In yeah. China. In China. Yeah. For the Chinese audience. Although the Chinese didn't care. It was fucking Gabe Newell that fired him uh, in a post on... Well, he didn't... That's I know. He, he, and like, he posted on he Reddit. everybody that he did it. Right. Uh, was yeah. by posting oh, on Reddit. Wow. Uh, really? Yeah, and he just said a bunch of inappropriate shit and made some gay jokes and, like, Ugh. like taunted players and stuff. And, like, they tried to make a lot of excuses, but... Yeah, and, I, totally and I guess I guess it was like the it's not his first time either. Yeah, like, he had gotten warned, and so they're like, "We'll give him a second chance because people like him." Yeah, but so. and of course, like the, the Reddit community is like all about it. Like they're super into to the stuff that he said and think that he's being censored because of course he's being censored. Well, <laughs> well, he that's just it. Is he is being censored? I mean, like. It's but just like being, if you're... It's he's just, being censored as, like, if, if you were a news reporter, a news reporter can't go on and start cussing. You know no, I'm, I mean? like, yeah, I'm saying, like, he's, no, he's, being, being he's being censored as a as the message that a private organization who's paying his wages is trying to send. It's just like an NFL commentator can't say whatever the fuck he wants on the NFL, on an yeah. NFL broadcast. It's exactly the same thing. If you, if you, if you can't, if you can't speak within the bounds of what your employer is, when you're working for an dictates, employer and being a host of something, freedom of speech is not no like it's, applying exactly. It's not the same thing. It's, it's stupid to um, think it is. And so, and like just the general production quality has been really bad. Like the yeah. the production uh, was terrible last week. It's weird to think of that because it's like got Valve and 
perfect world behind yeah, it. Yeah, but it's there. They like contracted out to somebody else to huh. handle production, which apparently like had problems at the last tournament that they did production for. Yeah, uh, well, I was yeah, I was really disappointed in all of the. Pro- all the and production so it's like values, they would like be the set design and everything, like especially after TI. The set like, design was bad. I mean, after Frankfurt, like they had another major, like at the end of last year, and so like the set design is bad. The the in game broadcasting was bad. Like there was an overlay setup they had where they'd show replays, and frequently like they would show replays mm-hmm. while important stuff was happening in the game. In the actual uh, game, and so like there would be two windows, and it would have like a bigger one in front showing the replay, and the smaller one in back, and like important shit would happen in the smaller one in back like which is real time and they wouldn't cut away like cut back <laughs> like clearly someone just wasn't paying attention yeah. I feel like you would have gotten better commentating if they had just given camera control strictly over to the to the host like and, and like eventually what happened at some points was there's a a Dota organization like a casting organization called Moonduck mm-hmm. here in the states uh, that's comprised of some fairly well known casters uh, that operate as a unit and like their their caster, like the dude who does their their observing, uh, pimp knuckle, pimp knuckle, <laughs> pimp knuckle. It's a stupid name. Uh, like awesome. they decided to just like watch in in game and broadcast that on their stream. Uh, nice. Uh, and it's sad that that's probably more watchable. I'm sure it's way except more watchable. I don't know if it was because. So watching on Twitch was a disaster, mm. and then watching in game, like the audio quality was super bad. Really, for the casters and like they would lose their internet connection, and so like the camera would stop moving on the English stream, Oof. and there would be no casting. Wow! And then watching last night, like after supposedly all this should have been fixed, and this is something that happened with DAC last year, which is like the equivalent of this. Uh, like every time there's a big fight, there's a ton of lag in game. Oh, so you miss all the important details. Like, so everybody the freezes, and then everything. And all of a sudden, you're like, oh, four and people then are dead. dead. Yeah, it's like having like 600 ping or something, or like like gigantic packet loss. Wow. Um, and that's just a byproduct of it being in China. I don't know. Or something. Mm-hmm. Someone I'm just saying not that it happened securing last bandwidth year during DAC as well. Like yeah. During some Chinese government's trying to sabotage uh, Dota. <laughs> and the casting in game is is like just the the mic they're using for casting in game is different than what's on the Twitch stream, and it's like super mm. tinny and awful and weird. So there's no good solution, and like the Twitch stream is like a minute and a half to two minutes behind right. the in game stream, which right. is already two minutes behind. And wow. It's just it's it's a mess. Yeah, it's like a big mess. Is this is this also a tournament prize pool funded by player buying stuff? No, there's no crowdfunding for this prize pool. Okay. Uh, there's no crowdfunding for any of the majors except for TI. Um, huh. I didn't know that. And right now, while we're recording this, uh, Evil Geniuses is playing in the lower bracket. I'm kind of wondering whether or not they're going to get eliminated. Uh, because they have to win the game that they're playing while we're recording yes. to pre- potentially have a shot at not going home. T, they're no, the no, no, no. The loser of the game they're playing right now against Complexity is eliminated. That's okay. They're in the lower bracket. Uh, Evil Geniuses lost last night to... But even in the lower bracket, Liquid? they could still come back, right? They can still win if they overall win, yeah, if they, they keep going. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I only root for them because a they have some North Americans and b uh, <laughs> I really like a lot they of won players. ti ti five. I was about to say uh, ti six, but I guess that's they not. have. I mean, honestly, like they when they play well together, like they I feel like they play in a way that nobody else can compete with. Hmm. Like, yeah, their off lane is a guy named Universe. Uh, Do they still have the old man on their team? Yes, fear. So after ti last year, they got rid of the their, old man in quotes. I say because he's, he's like, like twenty six. Yeah. Uh, but he also like he has like problems, like physical problems. Uh, 
Yeah. Uh, so he went from playing a, a core, like a farming core, to an, a position four, which is a support. Mm-hmm. Um, except he still has the sort of like playmaking mind of a core, like a, a farming core. Is that it's, good on a support? It means that, seems that like... he is fucking everywhere. Okay. Like on the map, like as Murana, like you've played against Murana as a character that yeah, she's throws an arrow from far away, and like the farther away her arrow comes from, the longer it stuns when it hits. But it, it means that it's hard to, to time it and hit people with a long arrow, but he just like hits them from everywhere. <laughs> He's never in one place for long. Like he'll get a kill somewhere, and then like he will instantly move to another lane and set up another another gank, like another rotation. Yeah, uh, yeah it's it's sad that the that the lifespan of esports pros is like absurdly short I mean I guess it depends like his I mean in theory he could keep going right I think he played like from when he was like in his late teens until like, yeah but, still but what I'm saying is that it's like the it seems like a lot of people drop out of esports way earlier than they do in other sports because the damage that gets done to their hands and sometimes their shoulders and I mean, neck an old happens te- so fast an old tennis player is like 30 right so mm, no no tennis like 38 yeah 39 40 uh, yeah. Th- that's not playing singles professionally anymore that's yeah. like no, no that's, that's like that's like playing doubles trust me like Andre I mean uh, Pete Sampras was considered an old man when he was still playing at 33 like that was kind of weird I feel like that's changed yeah that was a while ago though um <laughs> But I, I think that I think that med, I think that sports medicine hasn't caught up with the with repetitive motion injuries uh, on fingers and wrists. Like it's it's not something that got to get a hand transplant. Yeah, <laughs> I just I, like, I think that they there there's no medicine. There's like no science behind keeping those people healthy. Right. There is and exactly. Else. Well, yeah. if anything, I'd say there's a lot of. Promotion and everything put among putting the crap in their body that yeah. will, like I'm sponsored by a monster. I don't think food, but just like how to like their <laughs> their chairs and like the way that they sit and like mice and keyboards and it's still really early and equipment on that they wear. Yeah, I was like, say, the, the closest idea. thing they have is some gunner optics or something like that, right? Right. Even that, like, just like, and then they have some like wrist pad supports, you know. And like that's the thing though is that like when you look into uh, the study of uh, ergonomics. <laughs> You still you still get it that it, it's it still seems like it's Our really. <laughs> I was holding my phone weird apparently. I'm just gonna set it down. Uh, Siri, tell me how to find medical help for my tar- carpal tunnel. <laughs> so yeah, I like I think that over time that could change, but also it's not just that; it's reaction time. Like as you get older, your reaction time. Well, that's found. What the? Fuck? <laughs> Sorry. Everyone. See, I told you. Like, not even Siri can find it. <laughs> Okay, it's in my pocket. We're good. This is turning into Rebel FM, the Nomad cast. Like, no one place (laughs) will hold us for longer than 10 minutes before there's drilling or poop. Yep. Or cold. I was actually kind of cold, so I'm not terrible. It was was getting really cold in the park. Uh, But there was also poop. They need to know the full story of what that. There needs to be a record. This is turning into, like, the... The Rebel FM's Odyssey. Yeah. There needs to be a record of what happened be, on that day. Fucking sirens and cyclopses. It's gonna, it's gonna be bad. Uh, so anyway, so yeah, the, the Shanghai Major has is, is been kind of a mess, uh, which is too bad because the Dota itself has been great. Like, there's been a lot of changes in the tournament meta from series to series and heroes that are like incredibly valuable sort of out of nowhere and become like first pick bands or like just like people really aggressively trying to draft them uh, Enigma being one of the big examples and he hasn't been in tournament meta for a while so uh, and was 
like not even in TI until the very end when uh, Evil Genius is drafted. So, uh, so yeah, I've been watching a lot more of that than I have actually playing Dota. Um, but I did go to an Xbox showcase last week. Yeah, so about that. So, did you get a chance to see uh, Quantum Break? I did not. I did not touch Quantum Break because I'm going to be reviewing Quantum Break. Okay. And so I'm avoiding Quantum Break until I can actually just play it. Because it was like, it was like two or three hours of the game there. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to play two or three hours of that game. Well, besides Quantum Break, then, what was the point of that play? Uh, there was, uh, I mean, like, there was Killer Instinct there, like, they had, like, Season 3 there, uh, they had Forza on PC, they had Gears on PC, although I have Gears on PC now. Right, um, so what, it was, a, it was, I mean, besides, it was Quantum Break, and then here I, are some games you, that are already out on PC? If you stop interrupting me, I would tell you what else was there. <laughs> uh, they had Below there, they had, uh, Dark Souls 3, they had, uh, Ori DLC, actually, which I found particularly interesting. Uh, so, the Ori DLC is out next Friday, uh, and it adds a entirely new area to the game. Wow. Uh, with new mechanics, because, like, every sort of section of Ori added, had, like, its own sort of gameplay conceit. Right. Um, like, and this new one is a space that's mostly dark, and there are these, this ball of light that you carry around with you that reveals, like, platforms that you can stand on and jump from. Uh, and there are sections where you need to sort of, like, drop the light in one spot and jump to another to, to try to sort of navigate the space and figuring out how to do that takes some time. Uh, and it also adds new abilities, one of which is a dash, um, which sort of changes the way that, say, speedrunners would run the game. And also... Uh, they've, uh, Moon Studios has taken this opportunity to go through the rest of the game and add a bunch of new secrets and collectibles uh, for people to find using the new abilities. And also, there's like a bunch of quality of life stuff like uh, Spirit Wells are now fast travel points. Is it also coming awesome. to PC? Yes. So, uh, so it's coming to Ori, Ori in the Blind Forest, the definitive edition is like a new game Hmm. Uh, it's coming to Xbox One, Steam, and the Xbox Game Store on Windows 10. Uh, Man, I'll bet that game would look really good in, like, you know, uh, 4K. Probably. Uh, so, if you have the Xbox Game Store version and the Xbox version, it shares a save. So you can actually go back and forth between the two for some reason, if that's what you wanted to do. Hmm. Uh, and also, they are releasing a upgrade for people who have the game now for a undisclosed amount of money uh, to add that stuff to the existing game. Nice. And they've not announced what it is, but I do not think that people will be annoyed by it. I think people will think it's pretty reasonable when they decide to tell people what it is, which they'll have to soon because it's out in seven days. <laughs> um, so they haven't been talking about it up until No, they this haven't point. said anything at all about what they were adding or what the price was or how that would work. And, uh, and the other thing that they added uh, is they've, like, done stuff with the difficulty modes. So hmm. um, there was a achievement for beating the game with one life before. Wow, Jesus. Uh, which you could do <laughs> that was, like, super hard. And also there were ways to sort of cheese it and, like, make it a little bit easier. But hmm. they've also gone in and added a one-life mode. Uh, wow. And so not only does that, like, do the one life thing and you get the achievement if you manage to finish it, but when you die, it adds your name and statistics to a leaderboard. 
Of like how far and percentage wise you mean it? Yes. And like the secrets you found and how many points you got and all that shit. Wow. Um, So there's like now a leaderboard score chase element to that game. That game Uh, seems like goddamn impossible to finish in one life. And they've also added new difficulty levels, including an easier mode that not only decreases the damage you take uh, from enemies and and the environment, it also adds additional checkpoints in certain sections of the huh. game, including Smart. the Ginza Tree uh, platforming section. Like, the sort of platforming boss things that are, like, the really difficult timed platforming sections. Mm, like, mm-hmm. they've gone in and added checkpoints to those so that people can actually, like, die at some point and not lose all their progress and have to start it over from the beginning. Nice. Um, I mean, that's, that's good because I feel like... Uh a couple people I know, and I'm sure this happened a lot out there, is because Ori could get really hard for people that don't know how to do platforming. Difficult game for yeah. people who did know how to do platforming. <laughs> so yeah, you know, there's a lot of people that I know that just got stuck and were never able to finish that game. I died more than 200 times playing that game. That doesn't surprise me at all. Um, like more times than Phil did playing Dark Souls too. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like that game's uh, deceptively difficult for how it looks. Like, yeah. Whereas yeah. people, I think, had one idea of it. And so the new section actually adds like a bunch of story stuff, and it has new music from Gareth Coker uh, as well. So, like all of that strikes me as really, really cool. Um, yeah. And I think, like, I honestly feel like it might be worth revisiting. Um, like because I actually played a little bit of it around. Uh, Christmas on my service book just to see what it looked like and it's still really fun like it's a game that's really fun to play it's not just oh it's pretty once right Um, it's just so tight that it's just a lot of fun to play is the whole uh, Xbox One streaming to Windows 10 thing is that already like around too yeah it's been there since Windows 10 came out okay Um, have you ever done it yeah it works it works pretty well. Uh, and also, like, the PS4 firmware update that's coming soon is going to add PC support for streaming as well. I saw that. Um, and then the the other game that I spent time playing because I hadn't played it yet was the new Behemoth game, hmm. which finally got a name. Uh, it used to what be Game it? 4, and now it is Pit People. I didn't even know there was a Behemoth game. Yes. I didn't even, honestly, at this point, I didn't even know that Behemoth were still doing anything. Really? Well, yeah, because it, it, Battle Block Theater took, like, a bajillion years, and I didn't know they were still, like, working on... Right, I think that they announced it around the time the Battle Block Theater came out, but, uh... How was that? So, it's weird. It is a grid-based, turn-based, uh, strategy game, hmm. where you have a party of heroes that you can move around, but once you move them somewhere, you can't order them to attack they decide who they attack. Oh, wow. And how they decide that is based in part around where you move them. And, like, there are people with different defenses, like somebody might have a shield, and putting someone with a shield in front of someone without one can defend them from arrows and other attacks, and, like, there's a real rock-paper-scissors sort of setup to the way that everything works, and uh, all of that actually works really well, and there's a mechanic where you can capture characters in battle and add them to your team, uh, the first, the only one that I saw this happen with was a sentient cupcake named Gluten. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, that sounds... Like, very much like the behemoth. Yeah. Uh, and it, Gluten is a healer, and the way that Gluten heals 
its teammates is by throwing frosting off of itself, which takes health away from it. Uh, cool. And so you save him, or you capture him from a band of, like, marauders, and then he joins your party. And the story is totally fucking ridiculous, and there's a antagonistic narrator, like, voice of God, the, of the villain. Like, the main villain of the game is the one narrating it, and, like, saying smarmy shit about you and talking shit, like, the entire game. Uh, and it's not a narrator voice like you've ever heard, I think, in a game like this, and it just, it works remarkably well. And honestly, I felt, if you had asked me six months ago, I would have said I was tired of the behemoth shtick. Yeah. Um, because I feel like between Castle Crashers and Alien Hominid and fucking everything else they've ever done, that I have seen all that they have to do. Yeah, it all, it all has the same sort of look and feel and, well, and uh, I feel like emotional that, tone. Battleblock Theater was just like... Like it was just around for so long before it came out that like I was kind of like all right I've seen their art style I've seen like their silliness yeah and it just didn't feel like a very deep game like it felt like a bunch of challenges or whatever and that's fine but it didn't feel even Castle Crashers felt like a game with a start a beginning a middle and an end yeah yeah um, and Battlebuck Theater just felt like a bunch of multiplayer stuff sort of half acidly stitched together yeah and Castle Crashers you know it also had you know a whole progression system on top of your characters and everything. So yeah, I I just thought that I was burned out on all of their stuff, and so when I played it, I was like, I sat down and they built a special controller for it. For Ori? No, no, or no, sorry. For, for... for Pit People, like, they have built a special controller for it at events, which is a fight stick controller, like an arcade stick controller. <laughs> right. Except it's, like, got three buttons, it's got, like, A, B, and X, and it's got the Y button is a yellow lever. For some reason, and like the way you, the way that you make a turn go, like you have to actually pull the lever. Yeah, to go. so you like you use the A button to assign them on the grid, uh-huh. uh, and the B button to back up. And once you're done and everybody's ready, like you pull the yellow lever and like go, and like that's their gimmick. So are they, so are they thinking that are is this? So is this just something they did at events, or are they actually yes. going to try to sell a peripheral? It's something that they did do at events. Okay. Uh, and I think it's because, like, at events where they have more space or time, like, they bring arcade machines, uh-huh. like, with this shit, because they have a bunch of money, and they're a small company, so they can do what they want, because they make <laughs> Castle Crashers. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's it was really weird, like, doing all this, and I felt really stupid, and I was kind of annoyed that I was the one that drew the straw to write about this. Uh, <laughs> although I didn't write about it, because it turns out they had this at PAX East last year, and the demo is almost identical. It just oh. didn't have a name. It was just Game 4. Oh, okay. Um, so, but I didn't see really any coverage about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But it's fun. It works. Like, there's loot, and there's, like, a house, and there's gear. Are the characters persistent? Yes. And each one has, like, a personality and a story. Uh, And the premise is that there's a giant space bear that I believe was present in Battleblock Theater. (laughs) And for some reason, it gets knocked out of space and collides with the planet and nearly destroys it. And, like, you are on the planet that was nearly destroyed by the space bear. And there's, like, (laughs) space bear blood storms that fall that, like, wash people away. (laughs) So basically, like, a god died on your planet and messed it all up? I guess so, yeah. It's really, really weird. All right. Uh, 
Yeah, that's about all you could say, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah. yeah, giant space bear and bloodstorms. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, I'm okay with that, I suppose. But it's I it's fun. I don't know how deep it's going to be, but it seems poised to be something pretty interesting, and I'm sure that there's going to be a competitive multiplayer. At this point, though, I imagine you didn't see any Kinect stuff at all, right? That's no. Like, yeah. No, I, but I mean, they've, like... There hasn't been, like, a new Kinect game since, like... April of 2014. Totally. I was just going to say, I imagine if there was, right, it would be a Microsoft right. showcase type right. thing. Right. No, no, and I mean, I think that they've yeah. been pretty clear about the deprioritization of anything Connect related yeah. Yeah. under Spencer. It's basically voice commands, and that's it, and that's all it's good for now. And this was uh, after they made their Quantum Break on PC announcements, and they sort of suggested that they will continue to lean into that direction yeah. of releasing, like, first-party stuff on PC as well as Xbox One. I mean, I like the idea of that, if they do some of the Quantum Break stuff where it's like, get both, and then yeah. like cross-save stuff, like, that appeals to me. But, so, that's like, I guess it's kind of hacky on Quantum Break, like, there's not a good solution for them to do it, and it's not, mm. like, if you buy Ori on the Windows Game Store, you don't get it on Xbox One. Oh. Like, it's not cross-buy. The cross-save works, mm. the cross-buy right. doesn't. Whereas Quantum mm. Break, you get both. I think that you just get codes. Uh, okay. Um, but I mean, if you get it, if you get, if you pre-order it on Xbox One, I think you get the PC version. But so the only thing about these games is that the only way to acquire these Windows 10 games is in the Windows 10 store. Uh, if it's a Microsoft first-party title, okay. On PC, I think it's only available on Windows 10 through the Windows Game Store. Okay. Like Quantum Break is not on Steam. Okay. And there are people who are super mad about that, obviously. Well, it's not, I mean, it doesn't surprise me when you say it. I'm, I mean, I'm like, of course it's not on Steam. Right, but, I mean, so. it's just like EA games, or now you can only get them in Origin. And, and in a way, it's just like, it's just funny to me. It's like people are complaining over and over again that they want these Microsoft first-party games on PC. But it's not just that. They want it exactly how they want it on PC. Right, right. And they, want it, they want it with the total openness of the PC platform out in front of them the way that every other game is or the way that you can get to them easily on Steam. And they don't want them siloed anywhere. And I kind of don't care as long as I'm just able to get my games. Right, I, and it's just like, I, no, tough. Yeah. Like, yeah. I came pretty close this last week to pre-ordering a HTC Vive. Even though I've never used one, <laughs> only because I was like, you know, it's it's just that no, it's just that part of me that's like, oh, new shiny thing. <laughs> well, you kind of actually have a space for it, right? Like you yeah, could put garage. it in your garage. Yeah, that's the plan. If I were to actually end up getting one, yeah. but I, I've decided I'm not going to pre-order one. That's definitely going to be a, a maybe someday thing. But I also want to see like, Are you, do you have an Oculus coming? Did you no. Back it? No. Okay. So I have no no stake in any sort of VR thing. So at this point, I'm like vaguely like, let's just see. Yeah. Because I feel like I, I could easily see it ending up being like something I buy and then being like, I played the three demos over and over again and then never touched it. Yeah, and, and you show it to people when they come over, but then that's the only thing you're ever able to do with it because nobody's making content for it. Right, yeah. or, or like regretting it a year from now when like a second version comes out or yeah. something like that. Yeah. So I mean, that's the thing is like I totally like... I'm just like I was with 3D. I'm a huge believer in the technology and the ability of what it can accomplish. But, you know, just like with 3D, if there isn't enough user adoption, we're just not going to see anybody give a shit. I yeah. just don't, I don't think it's ready for consumers. 
I just don't. I don't think that I don't think PlayStation VR is a good consumer product. I don't think that Vive is a good consumer product. I don't think that Oculus is. Like none of them are ready for for people. Just because they're too expensive, or they're too expensive. They're too complicated to set up. They're too complicated to get running. They're too complicated to troubleshoot. Like in mm-hmm. PSVR, it's still going to have a ton of fucking wires. Like, just is. Yeah. Uh, so I just and a breakout box. Yeah. So. I mean, I'm, doesn't, I'm, doesn't the Vive have a bunch of wires and stuff? Yes, oh yeah, the it Vive, also has like the Vive, the, the the Vive, houses. The yeah. Vive has fewer wires going in, like into the PC than the Oculus, but yeah, then it has the lighthouses and stuff. So yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it seems very complicated. It's just that dumb part of me that really likes the idea of walking out into my garage and be and you know, I mean, it's the same part of me that used to see old VR and be like, oh, it's going to be like a holodeck someday. Like, I know we're not there. We're <laughs> definitely not there. No, I don't think we will be during our <clears throat> lifetime. To be totally honest. Well, I mean, like, I think about I think about having one of these VR headsets, and the funny thing is, is like, yeah, I want VR experiences, but one of the big reasons that I want them is because I want to sit in my living room and have a hundred and ten foot movie screen. Yeah, that's kind of that's like one of the uses that's the most attractive to me. And if I could do it and have it networked with other people around the country, and I could turn to my left and I could see Anthony's avatar sitting there, and we're both watching a movie that's like approximately synchronized social you know? experiences through so, VR exactly social experiences at a distance I mean yeah I used to really like that feature on Xbox 360 when it was briefly there where you yeah. could watch movies on Netflix together with people yeah. and it form that little avatar theater right <laughs> but I thought it was fun that we were watching something together me too yeah, yeah you know like yeah. It, it managed to let me I don't I'm sure there was god there had to have been legal reasons why that got taken down yeah, I don't know but, probably uh, I mean, that I mean that's that's the other thing with uh, with VR is that like I I kind of don't even care so much about game experiences. Although I have tried uh, Bullet Train and that was pretty amazing. Um, like I want to I want to just I want somebody to just give me a VR um, VR like photo essay of Venice. Yeah. And just let me like cruise around Venice totally. and look around. You I know? mean, I, they don't, the biggest reason I didn't pre-order <laughs> one is because. Not only would it have meant pre-ordering one, but it also would have meant, like, in my case, I need a new video card as well. <laughs> yeah. So really, it would have And usually like, when you need a new video card, you need more RAM, you need a better processor. I feel like I'd be okay with the other stuff, at least according to the VR stuff, but, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, I would have ended up spending, like, $1,200. I have a sneaking suspicion that every VR benchmark is grossly underestimating what Me those too. things are going to need. Yeah. Yep. I mean, like, I, I would probably, yeah, I'd be barely, like, scraping by, right? So in all likelihood, what I actually need to spend is, like, two grand. If not more, <laughs> yeah. So I'm just like, yeah, that's just not, yeah, that's just not the car. I, but I do kind of feel the itch. Like I kind of, I lately feel like I want, like you know, the spoiled part of me just wants a piece of hardware. I don't know what it yeah. is. Well, you're gonna have one this year. Yeah, the Nintendo one, maybe. Yeah, like Nintendo should like so, Nintendo's releasing something <laughs> this year. Like that much seems pretty obvious. Mm. Yeah, I just because I never bought a new Nintendo 3DS. I was like, I don't want I don't that. I don't need too. that. Although they did be. announce Super Nintendo. Virtual console games on the new Nintendo 3DS, hmm. not on the old Nintendo 3DS. If they were two dollars each, I would say that's reasonable. But they're probably going to be like they're fifteen like five to twenty. Bucks, Ten bucks. Uh, so, oh, so that's fun. Um, well, I, I completely opposite of a VR experience is I've. <clears throat> I think a couple months ago I talked about how I tried to play Sunless Sea for about an hour or so, and that sounds familiar. This week, I actually played it for realsies. Um, I've played it for probably eight hours or so, and uh, I'm I'm much more into it than I was in my initial dive in experience. Um, 
for people who don't know, some of see it's a it's a top-down 2D game. It's set in uh, uh, this universe that the company invented called called Fallen London. Fallen London, I guess, is a browser game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is actually a game game. You get it on Steam. And, uh, um, and the idea is that it's sort of in the late 19th century, London falls beneath the surface of the earth into this giant, giant underground sea. And it's uh, and the whole thing takes place there. So your ships in this underground sea going from island to island and port to port uh, with you know steam technology because there's no wind underground. Oh, so it's still under. Okay, it's not underwater. No, it's, it's underground. Underground, but there's still an ocean there. Right. Okay, that's yeah. what threw me off. This whole time I've been thinking <laughs> that it would. This was like a. There's another game that's I forget. It's a survival game that takes place underwater. You know. Uh, so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, and this isn't quite a survival game. It, it's more of a it's it, it has some survival elements to it. Like when you're cruising around in your ship, you got to make sure you have enough fuel and enough supplies, or you die. Um, and uh, but there's hardly any combat. Like there are enemy ships and there are enemy creatures, but they're exceedingly rare. Um, the so game. What are, you, what are you doing then? Uh, it's a lot more. So it's their whole point the this company's whole point is that there are story like uh story driven experiences like user controlled story driven experiences and uh so like this game is a lot more about stories and it's a lot more about going to the islands and like when you're when you're it's a lot more about exploring and about stories so it's like when you're exploring uh, you get these things called fragments, and fragments develop into a secret, and then you can use secrets to like upgrade your bridge officers or whatever. And you take news from fallen London to other places around the undersea because nobody gets news unless people bring it to them by steamship. Um, and every time you go to an island, it has like these really unique cultures around every island. Like there's this one island that's uh, uh, that's entirely populated by um by like uh postmen that have kind of gone you know like they they they're done with like delivering letters so they've all ended up on this island and all of the underseas like dead postage washes up on this island (laughs) and all of the dead postage gets processed by these people there and they like share their war stories about processing dead postage. It's like the dead letters office taken to an extreme on an island. Yeah, that's weird. And then, like, all of the storytelling and all of the verbiage, because there's an awful lot of text to read, so if you don't like reading text, you won't like this game. But the uh, you read... Uh, uh, it's all very kind of opaque and written in that sort of Cthulhu style, you know, where, like, the sentence structure is always just a little bit odd and a little bit strange and has some something of a Victorian feel but something of like this dreamlike quality to it as well and that's supposed to be kind of the whole conceit of this game because uh, things can get pretty lethal pretty quickly so the idea is that you know your captain will die your next captain that comes on will have some piece of legacy from your previous captain that's uh, that the helps, roguelike element that's the roguelike element that helps you go forward but you're always the same ship wait that's like a roguelite element isn't that what it's called roguelite oh, you have like a legacy over. Yes, because it's yeah. not a, like a total like wipe yeah it's not a total wipe yeah and like kind of, so so and that plays into the dreamlike quality of it and it, g- it goes down to like you can develop a romance with somebody you can have a kid and if you can, can progress how far would enough, you bring a kid into this world man <laughs> right exactly Monster. i know right well, condoms probably don't exist <laughs> in and then if you progress far enough then that kid gets successfully raised and secures your legacy, which allows you to take more stuff over for your next death. 
if you leave an ironclad will. Um, and then the residencies that you leave behind. Are you, you know, upgrading like your the, ship or anything like that? You can upgrade your ship, but it's actually not near as important. It's not as important well, as it Well, let me ask you this. What, what is the goal? Like, other than to establish that's, a legacy. And see, that's what I'm trying to figure out is, like, I think, like, I'm sort of getting a picture of, the, like, all of these things. Like, there's one civilization that's been down here way longer than even the fallen Londoners have. and But they come from the east, you know, like, it's kind of from the Genghis Khan era. But they're also in sort of like a steampunk level of technology. Okay. And... uh there, and I get the sense that there's and there's like three gods that like you can sort of like get involved with peripherally and then you can pray to them if you get enough familiarity with them and, um, and only you don't really pray to them you have to go to specific islands where you go and uh, it's it's really difficult to explain because like all of the story elements in this game also are like commodities so like you can trade this one kind of story element for these other kinds of story elements, which might unlock a new choice on an island that you weren't able to get to before. Um, there's also, like, faction rep, you know, like, with different factions on different islands and between different islands. And that carry, that's something that could carry over between generations? That I don't know yet, because I haven't, I haven't gotten far enough and died and been able to see how much of that carries over. I like the idea that maybe, like, your son or something, your legacy would be like, well, your dad, you know... Your dad ushered in the treaty of whatever, so we'll <laughs> we'll we'll take you at your word, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't I don't think that it's like a, a medieval total war or anything like okay. that, you know. Where oh man, total yeah. warhammer. That's soon. Sorry, yeah. just got distracted. By that. <laughs> so I I'm actually really enjoying this game. Like the the like tooling around is your little steam steamboat uh, underneath, you know, in the in this underground ocean. It moves so slow, and at first, like, I found that really annoying, but after a while, it almost became meditative, and the whole mood of this game is, is dark, uh, slow, and dreamlike, and it goes, and that's progressed, and that, that goes through, like, kind of every facet of it. Uh, it's really surprising. That's and, awesome. Yeah, so, I, uh, I'm probably gonna go back home, and since it's Friday night, yeah, that's called Sunless Sea. Sunless Sea, yeah. Sunless Sea. It's been out on Steam for, I don't know, six months, eight months, something like that. Yeah, there's a lot of things that sneak out on Steam that I'm, like, curious to try. Yeah. Like, all the time. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, there's even, like, a Warhammer 40k MOBA I never tried. I'm sure it's... Did you see that there have been, like, teases from the Relic Twitter account about a possible Dawn of War 3? No, but... No? Like, the look on Anthony's face right now. (laughs) I mean, it's gonna happen, and I'm gonna love it. Uh... I don't think Relic... I mean, to me, Dawn of War was always a, a single-player game, not a multiplayer oh, game. Oh, totally. Like, yeah. I don't think Dawn of War multiplayer has been good. Like, Dawn of War 2's multiplayer was like, not great. It was okay. Dawn, mm. Like, Dawn of War 2 was the last RTS I really enjoyed before, like, StarCraft 2. Yeah, the campaign's yeah. really fun. Yeah, yeah. the campaign's And, the, and the, gear, the gearing up and yep. leveling up your guys. Like, they do yep. they do the RPG progression stuff in it really well. Exactly. So. Well, and you're in your RPG progressing, like, you know, more than one person, which makes it even more... Right, all your squad leaders yeah. or whatever. Like, they... Yeah. Relic has done a good job at making complex RTSs into, like, digestible things that still feel like there's actually strategy and smartness. So. Yeah, yeah. that don't feel stupid. Yeah, yeah. so I'm, I'm really excited about that because I feel like... If Relic puts out that, that would be like a nice counterbalance to what I feel like Total War Warhammer is going to be like because mm-hmm. those Total War games are always like overwhelming to me. Yeah. You know, like I honestly, as much as like I love the combat and Warhammer stuff, I foresee that when I play that game, I will largely probably get to the point where I'm just auto resolving battles. <laughs> right. Maybe this will be the 
Dawn of War game to finally exist on consoles the way that the last one should have. Yeah, I mean, the last one, hmm. certainly with only five squads, it could have worked. Yeah. If they, and this one, I could definitely see that happening. Um, like, because Sega owns Relic, right? Sega does own Relic, yeah. Like, Sega can't really just release a PC game with something like that. I think that, like, a console hit would be a good thing for them to have. Yeah, I'd be curious to see how that would work. Um, I mean, I, I certainly don't think it's... Un- it's. I mean, we're getting another fucking Halo Wars, so... <laughs> right. You know, it's but that's like, also coming to PC. <coughs> oh, really? I think so. Oh, I didn't know that. That actually makes Halo me... I would probably... Ri- I'd rather check that out PC. on PC. But, uh, yeah. Halo Wars 2 coming to Xbox One and Windows 10. And All right, well, Windows 10 will be where I'll play that. I mean, I that makes you, perfect sense. I it's bet a Halo you, game. you will buy it on one and get it on both. Because Windows... Mm-hmm. Windows, uh, like, the... It was totally playable on 360. I quite enjoyed it. I did a guide for that game. Select all units. But, yes, exactly. But it was it was a little hard to do them. But it was fine because neither side was microing like that. Right. So it made it much more digestible. But that game will be really fucking pretty, I bet, now with, like... This generation and the particle effects they can do and stuff. Yeah. Uh, um, let's you, see. Did you get a letter you wanted to read? I did. We did get a letter. I don't know if you guys got it. I, it got no, sent go to ahead me, and read it. Uh, which hilariously got sent to my Polygon account. Uh, <laughs> but uh, this got sent to me a week ago, Kay. and I wanted to read it on the show. And then I guess we'll close this out. Sure, sounds um, good. I'm not going to read his last name because there's stuff that he says in here that maybe he wouldn't want his last name attached to, like just because life is complicated. Uh, but this is from Michael. Michael says, Good evening. I am right... <laughs> There's some typos in his Walter email. Cronkite which I'm only going to say because they're funny, but Michael, I love you very much for saying this in. I am writhing you today, is what his typo says. <laughs> Gross. Uh, good evening. I am writing you today to say thank you and share my story with you. When I started high school, I didn't have much friends and a deep love for video games. I'm assuming he means he had a deep love for video games. Yeah. That soon got pushed to the back burner when I picked up substances and for the next four years of my life became a living hell. Hmm. Last November, I lost my best and only friend to heroin, and from there on, I put the needle down. High school? Yeah. Heroin? Heroin is actually becoming huge in suburban communities. High school? Uh, Oxy and all that stuff like has made opiate use prominent. No. Fuck, man. When I was in high school, people were like, hey, I got this really shitty week. (laughs) Okay, keep going. Holy moly. Through withdrawal, I caught up on podcasts, and on one Comedy Button episode, Anthony mentioned that he did another podcast called Rebel FM. So for the next two months before I went to rehab, I listened to every episode. Furthermore, in rehab, I came out of the closet because I knew in the long run, who cares? If I've got my sobriety in Rebel FM, I'll make it. Today I can gladly say that I'm a gay man in recovery who likes to play video games and hopefully one day write about it for a career. Don't do it, Michael. <laughs> Don't write about it for a career. Uh, <laughs> degree in computer science. Arthur, and I assume everyone else, I know that we have never met, but I want to personally let you and Rebel FM crew know that you guys changed my life. By the way, 15 months sober and going strong. 15 months. Thanks, Mike. Hell yeah, Michael. I almost cried when I read this email. Jesus. That is an amazing accomplishment, sir. It all, is, all but we it's do also... Is, like, I also want to just cry about it because I'm like, high school kids are doing heroin? <laughs> like, I'm just like... <laughs> hey, it depends. Man. Yeah, it's not that unusual. You hang out with the wrong yeah. crowd in high school, I guess. Or well, you hang out with the, hung out with the right crowd in high school, Not plenty of kids in my high school were doing pot and yeah. drinking like insane people yeah and maybe some of them there was a few that might have done a little meth we had meth we were meth we, we had were... some people that did like like 
like copier toner. We're like and, essential and like copier cleaner. Oh shit. yeah, like whippets and stuff like uh, that. Yeah. Like acid at school. Acid, yeah. Mushrooms. But we were Central Valley, so we were mostly meth. If you were gonna do something hardcore, you were doing meth because mm-hmm. there were plenty of country houses to cook mm-hmm. meth at. Man, good I mean, for you, but that's fucking crazy. Well, but I mean, it it surprises me, you know, like because every now and then, you know, I'll hear from somebody that like that they really appreciate, you know, what we do and everything. And I feel like all we do is sit in front of a microphone and talk about shit that we were going to talk about anyway. So. I mean, it feels pretty stupid a lot of time, to be yeah. totally honest. Like, not that we don't like doing it and being together and talking about games, because we would do that anyway, but it feels kind of yeah. dumb. If you want another <laughs> podcast, Michael, to check out, you can, uh, it's, a, it's a friend of the show. Nothing I'm involved with. <laughs> picking up from Rebel FM Game Club. Oh, right. It's a new podcast called Game Dev Club. Really nice. It's gamedevclub.com. It is Tim Longo, who was on our show. show. Tim Longo, creative director at 343 Industries, and also he was on our Game Dev, our Game Club club for Republic Commando, Star Wars Republic Commando. So him, and uh, I'm forgetting his name. God damn it. I did a thing from Star Uh, Wars. I'll look it up. Uh, Him and the programmer, the, the lead programmer behind Republic Commando, Star Wars Starfighter, all that have decided to do a new podcast where they play through games. That's awesome. Yeah, it's a. Uh, his name is. I'm looking I've got to listen to that. Brett Deville. Brett Deville, yes. So they are doing, and currently, right now, I guess they're doing System Shock. So, um, yeah, you should check it out. Game Dev Club. Nice. They're just starting it's out. Dev Game Club. Uh, their Twitter handle is Dev Game Club. Just okay, one word. Dev Game Club on Twitter. Uh, DevGameClub.com. Dev Game Club. Sorry. And then they're on iTunes. You can just search for them. So Very check that cool. out. Wow, nice. Tim knows a lot about games. I used to love getting dinner with him and just picking his brain. So, <laughs> uh, you know. Dude, that's badass. Well, so go check that out. Thank you for writing in, Michael. That means a lot to us that it means so much to you. So uh, That's amazing. You can find us on Twitter. I'm at Jeff Money. Arthur's at A-E-G-I-E-S. And Matt's at Talking Orange. You've all and, mentioned uh, Mitchie D. is at... Uh, fuck you, go to hell. And, uh, hey, we plugged your fucking game last week. Don't don't get snippy. Mitchie's at Mitchie D, and then you can uh, find his work on IGN. Um, and then you can go to polygon.com to read the stuff that Arthur does, and you can go to area5.tv to give Matt all the money to make you a beautiful video. And demand to know where Outer Lands is. And, uh, <laughs> and you can go to... Uh, hey, we've been doing backer updates. Yeah, they have, and uh, and streams. Uh, you can go to marvelheroes.com if you want to check out Marvel Heroes. We just put out Green Goblin, so he's really fucking good. Like I didn't, I didn't really work on him much, so. So you can say that I, without. I, I'm without, not even like yeah. biased. I'm just like checking out everyone else's work, and I'm like, fuck, man, he's so oh, much better and, and, than a lot of the heroes I worked on. <laughs> by the way, if you are gonna go see a movie this weekend, you should go see Zootopia. Yeah, Zootopia I've heard that's is super like good. Maybe the best movie that Disney has done. Get in, in touch with your years. inner persona. It's, it's pretty funny. It's no, crazy. honestly, I want to see it. I just yep. can't help but like. Persona. Uh, yeah, just I there see the persona. There are some things. like jokes that are so like transgressive that are clearly about like race and gender that you will not fucking believe that they're in there. I can a little bit because Pixar movies and stuff get pretty. I'll break sometimes. a joke down when we're done recording, um, and you will not believe <laughs> that that joke is in there. Okay, right on. We're done. Alright, normal cast next week? Go, yeah. Well, normal cast next normal week. Normal cast next week, and then nothing the week after, because fucking GDC is here. Yep. Um, we'll be at GDC. I probably won't be at GDC, but I'll catch up. Yeah, that's pretty. Yeah. Alright. Alright. Yeah.